I am a teller of tales, a spinner of yarns, a weaver of dreams and a liar. I'll tell you some stories to tell to your friends while sitting at home by the fire. You may not believe everything that I say, but there's one thing I'll tell you that's true. For my stories were given as presents to me, and now they're my gifts to you. My stories are as old as the mountains and rivers that flow through the land they were born in. They were told in the homes of peasants in rags and kings with fine clothes adorning. There's no need for silver or gold in great store, for a tale becomes richer with telling. And as long as each listener has a pair of good ears, it matters not where they're dwelling. In the 1980s, folk singer Mike Jones wrote the song The Storyteller after being inspired by the work of his friend author storyteller Taffy Thomas. I found the song so enthralling and so apt that thought of starting this episode with the first two verses in the form of a poem. To be honest, couldn't have thought of a better start than this. <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of Oh Folk. I am Shilpa Das Gupta, your host in this brand new audio podcast. I am a storyteller and this is my little attempt to bring to you folk tales from across the globe that are not quite popular or less known. As folk tales have mostly followed oral storytelling tradition over hundreds of years, I feel this is our responsibility to pass this tradition on to the next generation, to document stories, to talk about folk culture, to celebrate it. As author and folktale expert A.K. Ramanujan describes, a folktale is a poetic text that carries some of its cultural contexts within it. It is also a traveling metaphor that finds a new meaning with each new telling. How beautifully explained, right? Today's story is a right example of this. I have read at least three versions of this story myself and I'm pretty sure there must be many more of this. Now before jumping into the story, let me remind you one more time, we are celebrating the land of folktales, India, this month in the month of August as India celebrates her independence on 15th of August. In other two episodes, I have taken you guys to the north and eastern part of India. Today is the time to travel to down south. Southern India encompasses the states of Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka, Kerala, Tamil Nadu and Telangana, as well as the union territories of Lakshadweep and Puducherry. The majority of the people in South India speak at least one of the four major Dravidian languages, Telugu, Tamil, Kannada, and Malayalam. The Dravidian language family consists of 80 varieties of languages spoken across southern and central India, originated about estimated 4,500 years ago. 
Now today's story has cultural reference in three of the main four southern Indian languages Kannada, Tamil and Telugu. Now this is what fascinates me about folk tales so much and they mold themselves per cultural contexts and social changes and also the characters change accordingly and that's why this particular story is interesting on so many levels. Without any further delay let's jump straight into the story. You are listening to O Folk with me Shilpa Das Gupta. An exclusive podcast where we walk together down the folk trail with folk tales and vibrant culture stories from across the globe. So this is a story about this foolish Swami ji, basically an Indian religious guru and his 12 followers or disciples. So they were out on a pilgrimage when they had to cross a river and it was dark. It was evening and it was dark. They looked at the river and the Swami ji said, "Uh-uh, don't cross it now. It's a very very treacherous river. Let it be asleep first and then we will take the attempt of crossing the river." After some time, he called one of his disciples and asked him to check if the river is asleep or not. Since they were waiting by the side of the bank they had lit a campfire so this disciple took one of the burning logs to the river he was a bit hesitant so he stood a few feet away and slowly dipped it in the water at once the water hissed and smoked he was so scared and ran away frantically from the river bed and he came panting to the guru and said swami the river is not sleeping yet we need to wait because because as soon as i touched her she hissed like a venomous snake oh i'm so scared she was ready to swallow me up <sighs> the guru was scared too he said ah oh, I'm glad we are not passing now. Thank God I told you to check on the water. We will rest until it falls asleep. This conversation was followed by another disciple adding his story. He said, "You know, my grandfather was once crossing this river with his two donkeys laden with sacks of salt. And you know what this terrible river did? While they were crossing, they decided to take a bath and also clean up the donkeys." But when they reached the other shore they found that the river had eaten up all the salts can you imagine there was not even a hole or a stitch loose on the sacks but still the scoundrel river managed to eat up all the salts but my grandfather was happy that it had spared their lives and at least they were alive you are right swami ji this river is a rogue and a scoundrel i am so glad we are waiting until it falls asleep after all this conversations all of them fell asleep when they woke up early in the morning the guru asked one of his disciple again to check on the river and the disciple did the same thing he took a burning log put it in the water and this time the river didn't hiss nor did it smolder so he ran back to the guru and said guruji the river is sleeping this is the right time to cross we should be very quiet and take steps very very carefully so they held each other's hand and very cautiously put their feet in the water and step over step they slowly crossed the river trembling with fear lest the river wakes up again and eat them up 
when they finally managed to cross the river and reached the other part of the bank they congratulated each other one of the disciples said let me check did all of us cross without any issue are we sure about it this is such a treacherous river i'm afraid something might have happened to one of us let's just count how many of us are here and he started counting everyone but forgot to count himself he started panicking and yelling look we are only 12 there should be 13 people but we are just 12 oh my gosh the river has swallowed one of us the guru tried to calm him down and ask another person to count he did the same thing he counted everyone but himself and the number again came to 12 and he echoed the panic it's true guru ji It's just 12 of us not 13. Oh my gosh, one of us is gone. They all started to cry and howl over the loss of one of their friends, but nobody knew who it is, and they also started to curse the river. You rogue, you scoundrel, you ate one of our friends. How dare you? May you dry up, may you have all the dirt in the world. While they were howling and mourning, there was this traveler passing by. He asked them why they were crying and why they were so distressed. One of the disciples explained to him how they were trying to cross the river and the rogue river has swallowed up one of their friends. He further said that they counted the number of people that have crossed the river and it's 12 not 13. The traveler was smart enough to understand what the problem is and said, "I'm so glad our paths crossed." I can totally help you guys bring back your friend. I know magic and specifically I know the magic to bring back someone. But it will cost you something. Are you guys okay with that? The guru agreed right away. He said, "Oh, you are God sent. Whatever we have, we will give it to you. Just bring back my disciple." They took out all they had, their travel money, their food, everything and decided to give it to the traveler. He took the money and sent them running to get a basket full of cow dung. At once the disciple ran into this nearby town and managed to gather up the dung and brought it back. The man then asked the disciples to make a long line out of the cow dung and made all of them stand in front of that line. Then he asked all of them to bend down and press their noses in the dung. Now, my sweet friends, he said, "Can you please count the number of dents you have made in the cow dung and tell me how many you see?" All the disciples and the guru got busy in counting the number of dents, and to their surprise, they all found exactly 13 dents on the cow dung. They were amazed, excited, and ecstatic. They said, "We are 13 again. Oh my gosh, you are a true magician. Thanks to you, if you were not here, we would have never got back our lost friend." <laughs> And that's how this story ends. When I was reading different versions of this story, I found discussion around different morals that can be concluded from the story. But the moral which I think is the closest is that In order to tackle foolish people, one should employ wisdom, not logic. If you are interested to read more such folk tales, there is a really great book. In fact, a version of the story can also be found in that book, Folk Tales from India, a selection of oral tales from 22 languages by A.K. Ramanujan. Now, versions of folk tales change as they pass generation. 
For example, the version I just shared with you has 12 disciples in it, right? I read another version from another generation in another language which has 5 disciples in it and even the name of the Guru changes. Many a time we find similarities between folk tales of two different countries. It's just that the character's name changes or some other element might differ but the core thought remains the same. For example, remember the Malpua dessert story from Bihar that I shared in another episode? That story also has a version in down South India, except the Malpua was replaced with dosai, which is a thin crisp pancake or crepe made from lentil or rice, since rice is a staple food in India. Also the very famous, very well-known Cinderella story. You know, I have found Cinderella story versions even in Indian folk tales. So folk tales change with culture and take shape accordingly. And language of a certain place also plays a significant role in shaping a folk tale. And speaking of language, today's folk fact is about language. You're listening to O Folk with me, Shilpa. And it's time for this episode's folk fact. Tamil is the only language that is also personified as a god. Yes, you heard me right. Language personified as a god. There is this place called Karaikuri in Tamil Nadu where they have this temple for Tamil Thai. Thai meaning mother. So Tamil Thai is a goddess that is considered the deified personification of the Tamil language as a mother. You know, this project is so close to my heart because this also gave me another new reason to explore my own country. There's so much about India I did not know. And with this project, I am kind of rediscovering my roots. And that feeling in itself is so precious that I cannot even express in words. That will be all for this episode. I will be back in next episode with another folktale from western part of India. So that will complete kind of a mini tour of my country. So traveling from north to east to south and then west. And if you are wondering, is it only going to be folktales from India? Nope, it's not. Remember, this is August and we are celebrating India's independence. After this, we will be going global. We will go outside India. We will be celebrating folk tales from different parts of the world. In the meantime, please do share your views, comments, feedback, reviews, criticisms on whichever podcast platform you're listening me on, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast or whichever platform. Ofolk is also on social media so you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just type Ofolk, O-H-H-F-O-L-K without space and you should be able to find me. And even if you have any further questions or something you want to know more about, please do reach out to me and I will be happy to carry forward the discussion. I will share all the social media handle details and everything in the description section. Follow that and thank you so, 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 so much for listening to me. That will be all for this episode of Ofolk. This is Shilpa signing off. Goodbye and take very good care of yourself and your loved ones. Namaste.